life, Manitou Springs. All right. It's good to be back. If you didn't know, I was gone last week. I was celebrating in Portland, Oregon with my brother, graduated from seminary. He wants to go into ministry. So as a proud older brother, went out and got to see him graduate. You had Melton here. He was a pastor at New Life Church from South Africa. If you were here, he told stories of miracles throughout the world. He's the global and local missions pastor. And so if you didn't listen to that sermon, if you weren't here, go back to our website, listen to that sermon. It was incredible. And then two weeks ago, we had our baptism service. We baptized five people, praise the Lord, four in the tubs, and then one in the creek. You just had to be here. It was a Manitou story. It was really fun and uh, some really good news because sometimes, you know, we hear about the doom and gloom. We hear about uh, the, the war against Christianity. We hear about these things and it's easy to get into the, the mindset of the doom and gloom. But two weeks ago, New Life Church is eight different congregations. And of those eight congregations, two weekends ago, we baptized a grand total of 362 people. Praise the Lord. So, so don't listen to the doom and gloom. There is revival in Colorado Springs. There is revival in the Pikes Peak region. We are praying and hoping for revival in Manitou Springs that the love of God and his forgiveness would be well known in our city. And we pray, Lord, would you use us? So in those lines, one more announcement before we get into the sermon. If you want, some of you are like, well, where are we going? What sermon are we in? Didn't we already finish one? We've been at Easter. We had a Melton speak. Uh, we're in a series. You could turn there now if you have a Bible to 1 John. Uh, not Gospel of John, but 1 John. But let me tell you an announcement first because we love this city. We, we love what the Lord is doing. We love revival. We love sharing the good news. Uh, we're gonna do something that we did last year, which is a kids camp right here in Manitou at this church. We're, gonna, we're ahead of the ball this year because we have Ashley this year, who's uh, our, our director, administrator of all things. And uh, thank you, Ashley. So we have our advertisements and things in place. So we're going to uh, advertise to the city. And the hope is that kids from Manitou and the West Side who maybe don't normally come to church, maybe their parents uh, never brought them to church, we're going to invite them to a free, completely free, and this is a big deal for you parents that know because kids' camps over the summer are ridiculously expensive, like hundreds of dollars per kid, per day. It's crazy. So we're going to do a free camp right here. We're going to serve a healthy lunch. It's going to be fun. We're going to have those inflatable castles, cotton candy on the last day, lessons about how you you as are a work of art. We're going to tell the kids that they are loved by God and they're special and they're a work of art. So here's what we need. We need every single one of you. I'm looking at every single person right now to volunteer at our kids camp because we're doing it for free. We can't pay for an extra staff. We need you. I'm looking at everybody in here to volunteer for that. The dates are up there, June 12th through the 15th. Take a day off work. If you can, you could, you could, that Sunday before on the 11th, we're going to be setting up for the camp. We're going to need help tearing down from the camp. Uh, if, you, if you love kids, there's opportunities to play games and teach some of the lessons, lead songs, lead dance. We're going to have crafts. We're going to have lunch. If you're like, I, I'm not really that fond of kids. Well, you, you should be. You were once one. But there's going to be opportunities to serve at the lunch or help the mechanical parts of getting the uh, blow-up castles up and all this stuff. Uh, so consider it like a mission trip. Like mission trips, you usually have to like get on a plane and spend a lot of money to get there and learn another language. 
You don't have to do any of this mission trip. It's right here. You just have to come there, come here. You do have to, there's a background check, so you've got to get online, fill out a serve application. And by the way, we, we need a lot of uh, giving to do this. If we're going to be putting on a free kids camp, uh, the money's got to come from somewhere. And so I'm looking, I'm, once again, I'm looking at everybody in here, give as you would to New Life Manitou for this camp, the hope. The vision behind it is, is like last year. We had about 50 kids come, and many of them uh, don't go to church or had never been to church, and they came. And the hope is that maybe for the first time, these kids would hear the good news that Jesus loves them and that they are a work of art because God has created them and he loves them. Amen? Amen. Okay, I'm going to stop looking at you because I, I just looked at all of you. So enough with the pressure. Um, turn in your Bibles to 1 John. The title of this sermon is going to be Walk in the Light as He is in the Light, a very famous line out of 1 John. And it's uh, after his kind of introductions, he says, this is what I want to tell you. I want to tell you to walk in the light as He, God, is in the light. The light. So would you stand with me as we read this scripture? We're looking at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. It's, it's here on the, the screens. You might have it on your phone or your Bibles, but listen to these words. Stand not just with your bodies, but with your mind and your heart as well. Give your full attention to this holy living word of God. John says, this is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Let that sink in about light and truth and this beautiful metaphor. God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie, and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, what a, what a statement, what a beautiful statement. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Stay standing. Christ, you are here. You are in our midst. And Lord, we, we love you and praise you. We want to walk with you. We want to be in the light as you, Lord, are in the light. We want to, we want to live according to your ways we want to have fellowship with you and one another. And this verse promises that if we walk with you, you purify us from all, from all sin. So though it's with joy that we praise your holy name and thank you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people at New Life Manitou shouted, Amen. Amen. Good job. You may be seated. Let me start with a, a comparison. And some of you are going to think this is a silly comparison, and I'll agree with you. It's a kind of a silly comparison. Comparing the Word of God, comparing this book of 1 John with anything else is, is maybe a little bit silly. But like all metaphors, they, they break down, but they're, they're intended to show us something. Maybe show us something we might not see otherwise. And so I want to compare the book of 1 John to something very simple. Because the book of 1 John, it's really simple. You know how many chapters? Five chapters, good job. Five chapters in the book of John. And it's very simple. About 2,000 words is all. Um, it's, it's really the simple metaphors, simple vocabulary. Depending on the translation, most people will tell you its, it's readability read is about a third or a fourth grade level. So even kids can read it. They can understand it. It's a very simple book. But don't let that fool you. There is a great amount of depth to this book. So what I want to compare 1 John to 
is like a really well written children's book. And don't get me wrong, 1 John is not a children's book, but if you ever read a children's book that's so simple, so easy to read, even children can get grasp what's going on, and yet as a parent, maybe you have kids and you've been reading a children's book and you just break out in tears because, wow, there's some depth here. This is powerful. I was reading not too long ago, and now I, can, I probably never can read this book without just breaking down and crying for like joy and like happy tears. And like this is a book about life and death and kindness and giving and the Lord's, uh, I just see it as like the Lord's kind of love that we can have for each other in this world. But this author, a Jewish guy named Shel Silverstein, maybe you know the book, uh, wrote this book that I'm sure lots of you know of and cannot read without crying called The Giving Tree. Do you know this book? Raise your hand if you've read this book. You know what I'm talking about. It's a short little book about uh, just one page of text, about 500 words is all. You could read it in maybe five minutes. And it's a book about a tree and a boy that grow up and the tree just keeps giving, gives of the fruit, gives of the branches, gives of the lumber to this boy as this boy gets older and needs a house and needs food and needs to sell things. And then at the very end, even the tree is cut down and what's left? A little stump and this now boy that's turned into an old man sits on the stump and the tree is just so happy to give its life. Just think about the image, the godly image of, of God's love and how God gives and gives. It's with joy. And I think, man, what a simple kid. Like, this is a kid's book. You shouldn't be crying like a baby as a dad reading this to your little boys. But here I find myself. I can't read the book without knowing I'm going to cry at the end. There's a profound depth even in a children's book. First John is no children's book, but it's profoundly simple and yet has so much depth to it. You know, the book of 1 John only has 375 unique words. So if you are learning English and you only know 375 words, you're good with reading the book of John. It's incredibly simple, third or fourth grade reading level, and yet it is so deep. It reflects to me that the Christian life, the Christian message, it's so simple. A child could understand it, and yet it's so vast, and it is so deep. It takes scholars lifetimes to understand the depths of the Bible, who Jesus is, and how salvation works. And yet, a child could understand the message of Jesus, right? There's the balance here. So I have a sermon for you today. And uh, I often joke that I always preach three-point sermons, right? If, you, if you've been coming to New Life Man or two, that's the joke. I always preach three-point sermons. I have for you today a two-point sermon. <gasps> I know, I know. Some of you are going to talk to me afterwards. I know. But I, and I even tried to like, well, maybe I could squeeze a point in here. And it just it got, it got weird. So I, I, have, I really just have one point and I want to preface the book of John. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to preface the book of John. We're going to talk about author and genre audience, some context behind this book of 1 John. And then we're going to talk about this main point that he gets to right off the bat, which is to walk in the light as God is in the light. So you okay with that? I know. 
Some of you are very disappointed that I don't have three points. Some of you want your money back. I will give it to you after. Just come up front and I will, I will say sorry to you. Uh, but a two-point sermon. And the first point is this. This, this point, uh, it often shocks people. We, one of my favorite points, uh, one of my favorite things in a sermon is to start off the sermon series because I really like to get nerdy and talk about background and author and genre and all these different things. And so I'll give you this statement. Some of you are probably already reading it on the screens, and it's maybe a little shocking to you that the Bible is not written to you, but for you. The Bible is not written to you, but for you. I think there's an alarm going off. We got people, the safety team's on it. They're good. Um, And it stopped. So let me just continue. Um, The Bible's not written to you. And so you might start with that first point and say, wait, what? There was an alarm going off? What what in the world is the pastor saying right now? The Bible's not written to you? What is this? Let me explain. Because the next little phrase here, but it's for you. And I mean this in a very literal sense. Like, 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 for instance, many of the, the, the books of the New Testament are letters written clearly to a group of people. We think that 1 John was written to uh, early house churches in the first century that potentially were in Ephesus. And so was it, I mean, just talking literally, is that written to you? Well, no, it's not written to us, New Life Manitou Springs, 2023. It's written to an ancient people. And in fact, in the letters of 2nd and 3rd John, there's individual people being named by name. And so I'm just maybe being a little too literal, but, but is this book of 1st John literally written to us? Well, no, not literally, but is it for us? Yes, 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 yes. I spend my days studying the Bible, falling in love with the Bible, memorizing scripture. I have a high, uh, just a high value for scripture and love scripture, love the word of God. It's for us, but it's not directly to us. And I think a part of good biblical criticism, good biblical study is to start with that premise that we're looking, we're like literally in this case, reading someone else's mail and saying, what, did, what, did, what was John saying to them so that we can understand what it means for us today? Because the Bible is living. The Bible is a God breathed and it's for us and it's useful and it's holy. Amen. Okay. Amen. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the author of John, this letter of 1 John, which reads a lot like a sermon, uh, more than a letter, but it is a letter and it is a sermon. It's kind of both and. And this person, John, there is some debate over who this John is, and we need to take a little bit of a dive into some nerdy stuff. Are you okay with that? This is a nerd alert. If you know what to do, uh, do it now, nerd alert. (laughs) I'm laughing because it was like there was a really alarm going off downstairs. I mean... What is going on right now? That has, those two things have nothing to do with each other. Uh, I, I'm just kind of the kind of person, um, when I got saved in high school and devoted my life to Jesus, I had a youth pastor that got me commentaries and a study Bible. And from my very first days of falling in love with the Lord, uh, I, I just fell in love with scripture and study. And I know many of you have that bent as well. And so I really like this kind of stuff. It's a little bit nerdy. Some of you are going to be rolling your eyes like, who cares? It's John. What doesn't matter? What John, it is John, it's John, who cares, it's a John. And I'm like, well, which John is it? I get into this, like there's this debate over First John and I'll just show my cards right now. My cards, I'll tell you that I think this popular opinion, the traditional opinion is that First John is also written the same author as the Gospel of John who was the same guy as the disciple of John. John was the disciple of Jesus. All three of those Johns are the same, but there is some other Johns, and there's some debate that, well, maybe 
those three Johns are either two different Johns or three different Johns. There, of course, is another John, the John that wrote the uh, book of Revelation. There's John the Baptist. There's John, the father of Peter. There's John Mark, who we think maybe this is actually the Mark who wrote the gospel of Mark, but his name is John Mark. And then there's like uh, another John that is the high priest family member, briefly mentioned in uh, the book of Acts. And so there's at least eight Johns in the New Testament. And there's some debate over which John is which. Are they all the same John? Well, no, there's some different Johns. Um, So which John wrote this letter? Well, I already told you my opinion. We'll get back to that in just a minute. Um, But back then, it seemed like John was a very popular name. One commentary said that maybe uh, above 5%, 5, 6% of all Jewish boys in the, the first century world were named John. So it reminds me of like in fifth grade, my name's Joe, and there was another kid in my little fifth grade class, Mr. Lombino's class, who was named Joe. And then halfway through the year, a new kid moved to our school, was in our class. Guess what his name was? Joe. So there's three Joes. And then I kid you not, there was a girl who was named Joanne and she would often go by Joe. And so when the teacher, Mr. Lombino said, Hey, Joe, four of us would look up and there was just always confusion about which Joe is they talking about. And there was too many Joes. And so I wonder if it's like that for John, like there's just too many Johns and we don't know which one is which. Uh, so there's debate over this. I just wanted to show you that there's a debate over this, but then go into what my personal opinion is and that really it's the tradition and the, the common uh, translation of who this John is, is that it's the same John as the gospel of John. The same John wrote first John is the same John as the disciple of Jesus. And a lot of people think that because, well, 1 John and the Gospel of John are very, 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 very similar. You look at the Greek, you look at the words being used. Uh, the Gospel of John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And 1 John begins with, this is the message we clear to you. And it's, it talks about in the beginning. It talks about how he is in the light, as we are in the light. It talks about the Word of God. The Gospel of John talks about life and light. And there's just a lot of correlation between these two. Either one was copying the other, or what I think is one and the same John who wrote the Gospel of John and 1 John. So, Enough about that debate. Uh, we, we do know that this letter was probably written 95 to 100 AD, uh, pretty, pretty late as one of the letters. It was written, it kind of makes sense that this, uh, this John goes by elder in 2nd and 3rd John because if he was a disciple of Jesus and it's 95 AD, well, then that would make him, uh, as a young man, a disciple now at 95 AD, very old, referring to himself as an elder. And the whole point of this letter, 1 John, is to correct and kind of confront the Christians at that time. So that's why he begins with saying, I want you to walk in the light as he is in the light. So here's point number two, point two of two today, uh, is to walk in the light as he is in the light. Now, I was um, 
thinking of this song, and I, I, we have a staff meeting on Wednesday. Ashley was there. Daniel was there. Erica, who's sick, who's watching online, she was there. Allie, who's our children's director, she was down there. And I was like, I started singing that little song. I said, oh yeah, remember that Newsboy song? I wanna be in the light. You know what? As you are in the light. And that's exactly what I'd see. That's what happened. That my whole staff rebuked me. And they said, that's not the Newsboys band. That's, that's Jars of Clay band. So just what happened? People love to, gosh, you got to get your 90s bands correct when it comes to the Christian band. So I apologized to them. I said, it's not the Newsboys. You're right. It's Jars of Clay. But isn't it a nice little tune? Is it DC Talk? So I did it again. See, that's the, that's the kind of stuff I have to deal with around here. You get your bands wrong and everyone loses their stuff. All right. Jars of Clay. I think I said it right that time, right? No. DC, it's DC Talk. Gosh, I'm still getting it wrong. Okay, DC Talk. DC Talk? Okay, God, did, did you guys... Anyways, I'm, I gotta move on. We'll be stuck on this all day. The point is, the, the phrase is just a wonderful phrase, to be in the light as he is in the light. I wanna talk to you about being in total darkness for just a second. And uh, I can talk to you about being in total darkness because I have a hobby. And some of you are gonna think this is a weird hobby. Some of you are like, why can't you just be like other pastors and go golfing or something? But I like to go caving. It's a weird little hobby. So I hear you some cheers. Because Manitou, you might not know this, but Manitou has a ton of caves under the Cave of the Winds, Williams Canyon. And I'm one of the guides. I'm part of a caving club. I'm a caving nerd. I like to go caving. Some of you think I'm crazy. Some of you are like, that sounds pretty cool. If it sounds pretty cool, come talk to me later. I'll put you on a very short list of people who would like to go caving. And I'll bring you caving sometime. Uh, and most people come up to me and say, hey, I'm not claustrophobic. I would love to go caving. And I always think, you're claustrophobic. Everyone's claustrophobic. I'll get you somewhere where you'll feel claustrophobia. I'll guarantee it. Because it's the you get into the mud and you're climbing through little holes and you get back into the cave. And one of the things that I like to do, and I've taken lots of people caving over the years, is at some point in the cave, we'll, we'll stop, we'll turn off our headlamps, and we'll be in total darkness. And you might be thinking, well, I'm in total darkness. I got those blackout shades and I like to sleep when it's totally dark. That's not totally dark because there's probably light coming from under the door. There's probably your alarm clock. There's probably moonlight or starlight coming along. There's probably like a little USB charger for your phone and it's got a little bit of light. And it might not be enough light to shine in the room, but it's at least enough light to like get your orientation of where things are. If you've never been in total darkness, it's... It's a bizarre kind of feeling. Like you open your eyes and it's totally dark, like in a cave, and people will put their hand over their face and most people will say, I think I see my hand. I say, no, you don't because it's totally dark. And no, I think I can, but you're so used to, your mind kind of plays tricks that you, I think I can. No, trust me, it's totally dark in here. You can't see your hand. Or about five minutes in after total darkness, people will start to see like little gray or green lights on the side of their eyes or say, I think I see some light in the distance. No, you don't. That's your own eyes playing tricks on you. And after about five minutes or so, uh, I'll often say, um, even I've taken non-Christians uh, caving and I'll say, you know, there's this metaphor about God being light and darkness being like 
deception and darkness being disillusionment and darkness being um, just like lies. And God is the God of truth and light. And I'll maybe begin to share some verses about light. And, and sometimes I'll, in the total darkness of just hearing voices, our headlamps are off, sitting in the dirt in a cave, I'll say, does anyone have any verses about light that they want to share. And so I'll present that to you now. Some of you are quick with verses and quick on your feet. Any verses? Anybody want to yell out a verse? Everything good comes down from the Father of lights. What else? I am the light of the world. That's what Jesus says. What else? Yes, Psalm 119. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Which one did you say, Linda? Let there be light, Genesis 1, yeah. In the beginning, there was darkness, there was void, nothingness, and then God said, let there be light, and there was. Anybody else got one? I am the light of the world. Jesus says that. He even, do you remember he calls us the light of the world too? He says, uh, if you have a lamp, don't put it under a bucket. That's ridiculous. Put it up. You are the light of the world. And he talks about you being salt and light. Good job, class. What else? Any, anybody else? Want to yell something out? Yes. What'd you say, John? If your light becomes darkness, how dark is that? How dark is that? Yeah. What were we going to say, sir? Let your light shine before men. Let your light shine before men. Yes. I think of Second uh, Peter says, um, one of my favorites, he called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Or Isaiah 9, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And so in a cave, get yourself in the mindset of sitting in the dirt, helmet on, headlamp off. Everyone in the group is just saying some of these verses. And it's kind of a cool experience to be in total darkness talking about light. And then I'll say, well, would someone with a very low setting on your headlamp, would you turn on your light? And sometimes I'll even like use my watch. Like I have a Timex Indiglo. Can you even tell that I'm pushing the button? And a little tiny, maybe somebody in the front row could see that when I push the button, it kind of turns green a little bit. It's like an Indiglo. I'll turn my watch light on. And in pitch black, after you've been there for five plus minutes, your, your eyes are wide open and really adjusted to the darkness. I'll turn on my watch light and it will light up the cave. I kid you not. Like you'll be able to see shadows from a watch. And it's like, wow, this, that's, that's amazing. And then someone will, will turn on our headlamps to a low setting. And every time, everyone's like, wow, that's, that's not as I remember. Like, I thought the cave was bigger. Someone else will say, I thought the cave was smaller. I thought you were over here and you were over here. No, it's you're over here and I'm over here. And, or like, oh, I thought you were further away. Or, I, man, I thought the ceiling was up higher. I almost bonked my head. Like, the, there's something about, like, being in darkness and being disoriented and being disillusioned that when the light comes on, you're like, oh, wow, I, I see it as it truly is. And John is giving this, us this metaphor that, that we walk in darkness. It's easy to walk in darkness. He challenges us in this book of 1 John, and we'll get to this throughout this series, where John says, you need to get up. You need to walk in the light as he is in the light. And many of us are here today, maybe... I think of our, the world that we live in today is so full of distractions, so full of easy sin, so full of walking into the shadows and darkness, that addictions. I think of just the, the waste of time that is in our world, the endless TV, the endless uh, 
binges on Netflix, the endless, uh, mindless uh, entertainment that we have available to us. And some of us are in here thinking, yeah, there's, there's times in our lives where we just have this conviction of the Holy Spirit to get rid of sin, to walk in light, to get rid of the, 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 the horrible ways and paths that we know that we could be on in order to walk into the light as he is in the light. This, this book of 1 John, it's gonna challenge us as we go through this series to, to lean into God's call, to pick up uh, prayer, to pick up the word of God, to pick up fasting, to pick up walking in the ways that God has for us so that we could see revival. So we, we could receive revival in our own lives, in this church, in this city, that we could see the light of God amongst us and in us and in our community. And I wanna say this because Paul told, uh, excuse me, John tells us that if we walk in the light, this is verse seven, we could put this up here, 1 John chapter one, verse seven, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. What is it? Who is it that purifies us from all sin? Is it, is it our own work? Is it our own, uh, you know, picking ourselves up? Is it our own striving for, for disciplines and doing good works? Is it our works that purifies us? No, it's, it says it right here. It's the, in the blood of Jesus, God's son purifies us from all sin. It's him inside of us. As we walk, we just need to walk with him. He's the light. We need to be with him, walk in the light, and he will cover us. He will purify us. Would you bow your heads with me? I wanna invite all of you to pray this prayer with me. I wanna pray it in such a way that we're, we're saying it out loud together. And I wanna invite you to pray this prayer if, if you're in here and, and you wanna walk in the light as he is in the light. This is for all of you that have maybe already been walking with Jesus and you wanna continue that walk and go deeper into that walk towards the light and to God. This is a prayer for all of you that are maybe beginning a journey. I wanna start a journey with God and walk with him and let his blood purify me from my past and my sin. So I wanna invite you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to walk in the light as you are in the light. Purify me, I pray, from my sin and my past. Awaken me to follow you as I give my life to you and your ways. Amen. Would you stand with me? I'm gonna invite the band to come forward and communion servers to come forward. We're gonna receive communion together as a congregation. And this table is open for anyone, for everyone who wants to walk in the light of Jesus. Anyone who believes in Jesus, you are invited to come forward. What we're gonna do is, is uh, come forward from the front to the back. We're gonna come to the center. And then we're gonna walk towards the cross. I want you, as you walk through this room, to consider it kind of a journey, coming forward, looking at the cross. As you walk by the front here, the, the people giving you the elements will look you in the eyes. And would you receive? They'll say the body and blood broken and shed for you. Would you receive that? Would you walk back around and then just stand there? Would you hold the elements? We're gonna receive it together. Josh is gonna come forward and he's gonna lead us in this moment. But you're invited. You're invited to come as the band leads us.
into song. Let me pray over us. Lord, as we come forward to receive these elements of of your body and your blood, Lord, we pray and hope and believe that it's it's you, Lord, your, your body, your son, Jesus, who died for us, that purifies us from all sin. That's the promise here in this text, that you will purify us from all sin. So, Lord, we pray to you. We worship you. We come forward with open hearts ready to receive from you. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You can come forward.